All right, welcome in to another episode of Clearing the Board Podcast, presented by Nachos and Analysis. And I'm your host, Drew Archer. And thank you for hopping in and listening. Uh, today, we're going over a variety of stuff. Uh, later on, we'll be joined with Mariah Fair of High Spirits Hospitality. She's going to be joining us to discuss the tacos and tequila fiesta that is happening this weekend out at Trailblazer Park and Traveler's Rest. So um, later in the show, we'll have her on to, to talk all things hospitality and, of course, some delicious tacos and tequila. Um, but before we get into anything, you know the drill. We have to start with our beer sponsor, um, 13 Stripes Brewery, two locations here in the upstate of South Carolina, one in Taylor's Mill, one right there on that Easley Greenville line right there on the river. Um, both great locations, um, great beer. Um, today will mark the second consecutive episode that I'm actually not drinking a 13 Stripes beer. Um, and that's on me. Uh, the last one may have been on Emily for drinking my last 13 Stripes beer. Uh, this is on me for waiting to today to reach out to 13 Stripes about picking up some more beer for the podcast. So um, I'm going to own up to that mistake. However, the sponsorship still goes. We're not going to leave them out. Uh, they've been loyal supporters of the podcast um, basically since the beginning. So 13 Stripes, no beer uh, from 13 Stripes today. Um I'm not even going to do them a disservice and tell you what I'm drinking today. Just know that it is not as good as 13 Stripes. So, um, yeah. So, um, regardless, even if I don't have 13 Stripes, I am going to do our beer crack to kick us off today. All right. There's that. Um just a little behind the scenes information here to tell you how down bad I am as far as organization and getting this thing going. Um, the beer that I am actually drinking for this episode is a bottle. And I know you didn't just hear a bottle. You heard a can. So, um, I just opened a can for the effect and now I've set it off to the side and will now be drinking this bottled beverage that does not come close to uh, the great quality of beer that is 13 Stripes. So um, if you have not already, follow 13 Stripes on Instagram. Um, they're always posting a lot of content of new releases of beers, uh, food at the River Lodge location. So um, check them out. All right. So just a little life update. Um, life's been busy. Life has been busy, um, and that's partly to blame for my uh, lack of 13 Stripes beer today. Um, however, like I said, no excuses. Um, got a lot coming up. Got a lot just got through. Um, went to uh, a good friend of mine's wedding this past weekend, and Memorial, Memorial Day weekend down in Charleston, Addison Bennett. Um, married his beautiful bride, Lizzie, so congrats to them. And um, so... As a hospitality guy, going down and spending the weekend in Charleston with all that delicious food, it was a great time. Got to catch up with friends, ran into listeners of the show. Um, shout out to uh, all the guys that I talked to that are loyal listeners. Uh, appreciate y'all um, following along. So uh, it was actually kind of cool uh, having people come up that you didn't expect were listeners of the show. 
um, that that are. So uh, did that this past weekend, uh, wrapping up the last week of school. Um, as many of you know, I'm a high school culinary arts instructor, and school wraps up this week. Summer officially begins. So this is always one of my favorite times of year. However, it's also one of the busiest times. So um, as you know, we are a Nachos and Analysis affiliate. Um, you hear it at the beginning of every show. Um, to add to all of my busyness, um, we are also in the process of launching a podcast with the Nachos and Analysis brand to cover all things Clemson Athletics. Um, so I've had my hands full with that. The Clemson softball um, team made it to the Super Regionals, um, had Ansley Gilstrap on for my little kind of pilot test run of, hey, what's a sports podcast like? Um, so her and I did that last week to preview the series with Oklahoma State. Unfortunately, uh, the ladies did not come home uh, champions of the Super Regional. Uh, however, nonetheless, it was a, uh, a great season um, in just their third year. Um, but also, um, dipping my toes into the world of Twitter spaces immediately after this. Um, so part of the forgetting to get beer was uh, planning for this podcast episode, which is supposed to air... Um, in less than seven hours um, that I have to edit, um, as well as immediately as, as I get done with this, having to hop on Twitter and do a Twitter space because um, there was some big news out of Clemson yesterday. They let go of their seven-year head coach, Monty Lee, who um, I don't want to bore you with sports because that's not why you come here, but I'll say this. Monty Lee is a the reason I um, started getting season baseball tickets and he's a great guy, great father, great coach. Uh, unfortunately, the results just weren't there. So yesterday, Clemson announced they were parting ways with him. So immediately after this, I'll be hopping on uh, Nachos and Analysis's Twitter to host a Twitter space with a, a variety of guys, some reporters, some former players, that kind of stuff. So if that kind of thing interests you, I know listening now, you're going to have missed the live uh, version of it, but it will be recorded and it will be pinned at the top of Nachos and Analysis Twitter uh, page. So um, if you like college baseball, um, hop on there and listen to that. So a uh, busy day, um, got a lot going on. And then uh, the reason for our guest today, this weekend, uh, Emily and I will be going to the Tacos and Tequila Festival or Fiesta. I keep wanting to call it festival. Um, coincidentally enough, I don't know where it was originally uh, supposed to be held, uh, but it's been moved to Trailblazer Park where Matt Prater and I went to the Southern Roots uh, Festival. So it'll be a familiar uh, location um, and um, real appreciative to the folks over um, at the Fiesta, uh, specifically uh, John Boyanski. He uh, hooked us up with getting... Uh, our guest on today, as well as uh, getting us media credentials for the event uh, so that we can go and stuff our face with tacos, um, have as much tequila as we want, and then report back to you on why you should go next year. Um, so hopefully, we'll see. Uh, we might try to do a similar recap uh, like Matt and I did with the Southern Roots Festival a couple weeks ago, uh, immediately following uh, the event. So um no promises. We'll see how Emily and I feel after the event, uh, but we may or may not come right back home and record our reaction. 
Um, so a lot of great restaurants from Greenville involved with that. Um, so looking forward to uh, talking with her here pretty shortly uh, and filling you guys in on uh, this great event. Um, it's affordable, um, a lot of fun, a lot of great restaurants to support. It's outside. The weather's been beautiful lately. So uh, just got to make sure to uh, lather up with that sunscreen. Um, last episode, I introduced a new segment, uh, Rock Elite's Post of the Week. Um, so before we get into the rest of today's episode, uh, let's discuss this week's Rock Hill, Rock Hill Eats Post of the Week. All right. So last week I threw out a teaser to you in regards to sponsorship for this um, and jokingly said something about Prater's Bakery sponsoring it since they're located uh, in beautiful Rock Hill, South Carolina. Um and Matt was also at this wedding this weekend, and he uh, he mentioned they may uh, want to come on as a, a sponsor for this segment. So uh, be in the lookout for that. Um, and why not, while we're at it, just go ahead and throw some free publicity right to Prater's Bakery. Check them out. Um, they've been putting out a lot of stuff lately. Um, and honestly, Matt may hate me for saying this, but I'm going to go ahead and throw it out there. So the wedding that we attended... Um, the father of the groom, the night before the wedding at the rehearsal dinner, instead of doing a standard speech, decided he was going to roast the family and all the groomsmen. Um, and Matt Prater got caught up in the crosshairs. Um, so, uh, that was honestly probably the favorite roast of the night. Uh, but if you know anything about Matt Prater, he is the picture of health. He works out um, constantly eats right. Uh, he's one of the most disciplined people I know. Um, however, he owns Prater's Bakery that's, uh, well, it's not the healthiest of food items, though very delicious. Um, and um, Ty, the father of the groom, uh, said something along the lines of, well, you got Matt Prater here. He works out 13 times a week. The only time he takes off is Sunday afternoon when he meal preps. He's the picture of health. Um However, he owns Prater's Bakery, where he sells $8 sugar bombs to type 2 diabetics. Um, and <laughs> I got such a kick out of that one. I was I knew he had roasted people, but uh, I went back and saw a video. I was not at the rehearsal dinner, um, and, and that got me. Um, but Matt Prater, let us know if you want to hop on and sponsor. Uh, so, all that to say, here's our uh, second ever Rocky Elite's post of the week. This is brought to you by Carolyn Smith. Um, and she posted this one on May 21st. So this was a little ways back. Uh, so here she goes. This is a first for me as I don't post negative service. However, my sister and niece from Winston-Salem and niece from Florida, along with me, went to Baskin Robbins on Springsteen, Springsteen tonight. Uh, we arrived at 8.30 and several people were in line ahead of us. We placed our ice cream orders and started to sit in the lobby. One employee told us that we couldn't sit down as the lobby closed at 8.30 so that they could clean it up before closing at 9. My niece asked to see the manager and was told they weren't there. We sat down anyways, finished our ice cream, and left by 8.49. They locked the door. This was very rude, and I hate that it happened to my relatives who are here to attend my son's celebration of life. People, please change your operation hours on your doors and note that your lobby closes if different. Thanks for reading. 
Uh, so Carolyn here had a gripe about getting ice cream in the lobby closing before the posted um, hours of operation. Um, she got roasted in the comments. Um, however, first of all, condolences, Karen. It sounds like you said that your your son's celebration of life. So um, I won't go in on you too hard. However, um, if you ask a manager and they tell you, hey, the lobby's closed, and then you sit down anyways, that's just blatant disrespect right there. Um, and the the people in the comments definitely let her know about it. Um, I can understand frustration. Hey, you wanted to go out and get some ice cream, sit down and enjoy it. I totally understand. That was not a part of the plan. However, when you sit down and someone tells you no, and there's not a manager there to talk, that's just elementary right there it's childlike behavior just deciding oh i'm gonna sit down anyways and then the the, the little comment where she was talking about they locked the doors and locked us in i don't know if you've ever been out in public around closing time maybe you don't make a habit of this and maybe that's a good thing however a lot of times around closing time businesses will lock their doors they're not doing it to be rude they're not doing it to lock you in and hold you captive uh, they're doing it to prevent other people from coming in because obviously you can't follow directions. You came in and sat down anyways yourself. Um, so Carolyn um, thought she had a good gripe. Um, maybe there are people who agree with her. If you do agree, let me know. Uh, if you don't already follow us on Instagram, give us a follow. Hit us up on there and let me know. Do you agree with Carolyn? Did she have a reasonable uh, complaint there? Because me personally... No, as, as unreasonable as you may think it is, and it may be unreasonable, I'm biased. I literally worked last night at the restaurant and we sat the entire restaurant almost within 20 minutes of the restaurant closing. So as someone who works in this industry, it's frustrating. Um, so that's where my perspective come from. But however, um, if they tell you, no, you can't sit down, be an adult and just say, Okay, well, I don't like that. All right, call call back and speak to the manager and complain another day. Um, but don't just flat out ignore what they what they said. Um, so that is our Rock Elite's post of the day. Um, shortly after our interview with Mariah, um, we're going to bring in um, something else I found online. Um, growing up in the Charlotte York County area. Uh, one of my favorite things to do was every morning listen to the Ace and TJ show based out of Charlotte, uh, nationally syndicated radio show. Um, they do this thing um, each week called um, group therapy, where they have listeners who have a question that basically they pose to the cast there um, on the Ace and TJ show, basically asking, am I unreasonable or can I get some uh, advice on this subject or should I be dating this person? Here's all the information, that kind of stuff. And they're always usually very entertaining. Um, and last week's fits into kind of what we talk on here uh, about a lot. It comes as it relates to restaurants and tipping and that sort of stuff. So we're going to discuss that here shortly after our interview with Mariah. Let's get into it. All right. I'm joined with Mariah Fair from High Spirits Hospitality today to discuss the tacos and tequila fiesta that's happening this weekend. Uh, thank you for joining us, Mariah. 
Yeah, of course. I'm happy to be here and to talk to you about this lovely festival that's this weekend. <laughs> I'd imagine with uh, an event like this uh, and one that seems to be getting bigger every year, there's a a lot to to go into planning something like this. How 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 long does it take to plan and get logistics and things for an event this size? So I will say, just because it is our sixth um, festival, I wouldn't say it's getting easier, but um, we get to use things that worked from the years previous and then things that do um, not work during the previous years. We get the chance to um, fix those problems. Um, but I will say that it usually takes about three months to plan. Um, usually planning never really stops. Um, just because, you know, we have restaurants that reach out to us about the dates. We're having to plan the dates, plan the location. Um, we luckily had the past, um, festivals at Old Cigar Warehouse, our old venue. Um, so we never really had to worry about a venue, which is amazing. Um, but with our venue closing at the beginning of April, um, there was a few things that needed to change. So usually the festival is on, is in May every year. Um, but we had to bring it to June just because we wanted to give the attendees a little bit better of an experience. Um, so we found a lovely venue at Trailblazer Park in Traveler's Rest. Um, but recruiting restaurants happens probably up to two months beforehand. Um, I will say that I started um, here at High Spirits Events last year, about two weeks before Tacos, the fifth annual one. Oh, wow. So I kind of was thrown into the um the chaos, but it's, it's good chaos, um, of the tacos. So this is my first tacos and tequila festival that I'm really more hands-on more in the preparation stage. Um, but it's been, um, a worldwide, it's been very amazing. Um, yeah. So we're, yeah, we're almost there. Almost at the end. You're almost to the finish line. Um, yeah. and you, you mentioned trailblazer park. Um, I guess I didn't realize that till this week that it, I knew it wasn't going to be the cigar factory, um, but I actually had just attended the uh, Southern Roots Festival at Trailblazer Park a couple of weeks ago. And that was a great venue. So I'm looking forward to going back out there. The weather's been nice. So um, yeah. should be a good weekend. Um, so on this podcast, I, I have a wide variety of different people that I kind of bring on, but a lot of times uh, we don't focus on like the event coordinating, wedding planning, that kind of stuff. Um, could you speak on a little bit of what's it like day to day in that in that industry and kind of how you got involved with wedding planning and event planning? Yeah, I will say that being in the hospitality field and just doing coordinating in general and just managing logistics um, and operations, it's not for the week, that's for sure. Um, I'm a huge type A personality, so it does take a lot of organization, um, a lot of time and effort just to make sure that you're thinking about the big things from an event like um, like rest, like restrooms to the little things of like who's going to pick up the trash at the end of the day um it's crazy to just sit down and you just go piece by piece when it comes to a, uh, an event even if it's a wedding or if it's a festival um you have to think about the littlest of things um but I've always been very hands-on I've been um always obsessed with the idea of everything 
being organized. So I, that's kind of what drew me to the hospitality field with events. Um, I went to college at Clemson University for communications um, and I was going towards like a broadcasting um, route, but I realized that I had so many passions and so many interests that I didn't want to just narrow it down to one thing. Um, So I did get like a lot of training on communicating and that's really helped me like with communicating with vendors and um, clients and things like that. But um, I graduated from Clemson University the or in December of 2019. So right when I graduated, the pandemic hit. Um, so luckily I was doing an internship at a very small venue in Easley, South Carolina, um, that, um, kept me on. And then when things started opening up, um, in 2021, I found high spirits events, um, fell in love with the company, the culture, just everything that we stand for, um, and how, I've just learned so much in the last year and couple of months just about logistics and putting on events. Um, but yeah, it is crazy. Like you said, you talk a lot to chefs and um, out of restaurants and they have their whole um, different way of doing things. But um, yeah, it's crazy on our side of things. I think it definitely takes a, a different kind of person, like you mentioned, being very organized and that kind of stuff. And being a line cook for so many years and that sort of thing. I'm more of a fly by the seat of my pants kind of person. And when we get there, we'll figure it out kind of thing. So um, it definitely takes a different kind of person. Um, and you mentioned the the COVID shutdown and I wanted to kind of ask how, how did that affect business? I know you said they kind of um, kept you on through that time. Um, was there any events or anything going on or was it completely dead? How'd that affect y'all? Um, so I, when the pandemic first hit, I was at the other venue, but I did get onto high spirits events in 2021 where the pandemic still was, um, very much going through the United States. Um, when it came to the weddings, because I'm half festivals, half wedding coordination. So like with our weddings, um, every, every vendor had to wear masks, uh, our mask, um, guests had to wear a mask. We had hand sanitizer stations. Um, we could no longer do buffets. It had to be self-serve um, by the vendors. Um, we did COVID tracking where each uh, guest would come in and we'd have their information just beca- just in case that there was an outbreak. Um, and in 2021 for the Tacos and Tequila Festival, um, we did two different sessions to kind of break up the population. So we usually see a turnout at these festivals of about 12,000 people. Um, so we knew with 12,000 people being in one space at the same time, it would have spread the virus. <laughs> um, so we broke it up into two separate sessions of 600 and 600. Um, you were required to wear your mask um, in the event grounds, but when you were eating your tacos at your table um, or drinking your Lunazol mixed cocktails, you could take your mask off. Um, but we just asked everyone to be respectful. When they bought a ticket, we had them put in their email address, their phone number, just in case there was an outbreak. Um, we had attendees um, reserve their tables so that they could guarantee a spot with their friends so if they wanted just to go get their tacos and get their tequila based cocktails and come back to the table they would be able to do so comfortably that sounds like a logistics nightmare that, yeah. <laughs> very crazy because we had to have signage that had the mask we had to make sure security was enforcing the mask uh, uh mandates it was we had we had to flip linens at the end of the session um and 
get people out so that we could get the next group in. It was, it was crazy, but luckily um, we're not having to do that this year. We get to have just one session um, where everybody gets to come out and enjoy together as a community. That's awesome. And I, I think, um, I think it'll ultimately be a, a good thing with the, the changing of locations. You got a lot more space out there at Trailblazer Park. Um, what for folks who've never attended, um, what what can they expect when they buy a ticket to the tacos and tequila fiesta? Yeah, so something that I don't think that attendees really understand when they buy the ticket is it is all inclusive. So that means you buy the ticket, you pay the price up front, but when you get into the festival, you do not have to pay for a dime. Um, you get to eat all of the tacos that you want. I mean, eat until you cannot physically eat anymore. Um, we don't like to say that they can just drink until they can't drink anymore. Um, <laughs> them to drink responsibly um we do have security there um, we do have plenty of water to keep everyone hydrated um but you're paying for that ticket you're getting those unlimited access to taco and um cocktails but you also get to have live music there's a dance floor um we've got wrestling this year it's back after covid um so you get to have that um vip ticket holders and um, have a lunazole tasting tent where they get to try some of the Lunazole tastings. Uh, general mission, luckily, they get to um, also get to participate in that. They just have to buy the ticket for the tasting at the um, at the event grounds. That's the only thing that's additional. But we have 17 different tacos and 17 different cocktails. So it is crazy. This is the biggest lineup that we've had. That's why I, I'm going to enjoy this year very much, just because the restaurants are back and they are ready to kick butt when it comes to this competition. And that was going to be another question I was going to kind of add into there. Um, from from a, a, a consumer's perspective or a attendee's perspective, I pay uh, for a ticket and then show up and I get to have all the uh, margaritas or uh, tacos that I want, but there's a a competition side to it. Could you kind of explain the the competition element? Yeah. So um, when you check in with your ticket um, and you get to enter the event grounds, you'll receive a, a little envelope with tokens in it. Um, VIP ticket holders get three tokens and general mission will get two tokens. Um, you'll hold on to this envelope of tokens, put it in your pocket, go around and try all of the tacos, all of the cocktails that you like. And there will be a voting station where you get to insert your tokens um, into tubes, depending on what was your favorite taco and what was your favorite cocktail. And at the end of the festival, we take all of those tokens from those tubes, we weigh them, and then whoever has the highest weight on the um, taco and the cocktail will win people's choice. Um, restaurants win a total of $500 with this award. Um, so everybody is bringing their A game for sure to win that award. And you said how many 17 restaurants involved this year? Yeah, so we have um, six, we, we actually have 21 restaurants involved. Um, some restaurants are doing both categories of the culinary and the mixology. And then we do have some restaurants that are doing just one thing. Um, so when you add it all up, um, there's 16 restaurants doing tacos, but we have one restaurant that is doing two tacos. So we count it as 17 oh, wow. tacos. Um, and then we do have... <clears throat> 
17 restaurants and or bars that will be serving up Lunazol tequila based pre-made cocktails. Um, they're either tequila blanco um, from Lunazol based or Lunazol repo based. So we've got some variety. It's not just your basic margaritas. Okay, cool. I know uh, my wife will be attending. She will be uh, loving the margaritas. Oh, yeah. Um, so if someone wants to come, how can they purchase tickets? Yeah, so you would go to our website, um, tacotequilafiesta.com. Um, you'd purchase your tickets there. Um, you can buy tickets up into midnight the night before of the festival. Um, if you do um, decide to show up and you do want to upgrade your ticket to a VIP, um, you can do that. Um, but we just suggest that you get all the tickets while you can um, so you don't have to worry about the headache of that the, the event day. Awesome. And so I think I have it here. The general admission is $55, VIP is 80 and then you have a designated driver ticket as well. What's what is all involved with that? Yeah. So um, the designated driver ticket is um, going to be a ticket for attendees who are driving their friends home. So they do not get to participate in the Lunazol um, cocktail portion of the festival, but they do get to have unlimited tacos. Um, so VIP currently is sold out. You cannot upgrade to that ticket. But if you did purchase a designated driver ticket um, before the event and you show up and you decide, I really want to taste these cocktails, we would be able to upgrade that ticket um, for you to a general mission ticket. But um, all you can eat tacos. So even 17 tacos and water, you're set to go for that ticket. <laughs> well, that sounds like a big day. Um, well, Thank you very much, Mariah, for coming on and, and promoting. Uh, we look forward to attending, and uh, hopefully our listeners will get out there and attend as well. Yeah, we're happy to be back for the sixth year, and we're excited about all the new things that we're going to try and the new event venue at Trailblazer Park. Awesome. Thank you very much, Mariah. Yeah, you're welcome. All right. Thanks again to Mariah for hopping on to discuss the Tacos and Tequila Festival and share a little bit about her time in the industry. Um, but if you are interested in going, and I don't know why you would not want to go, um, I'll be there. Anybody who's cool in Greenville, they're going to be there. So um, don't miss out. General mission tickets are $55 VIP, which I believe she said was sold out um, 80 bucks. But hey, it's worth a shot if you can log on there to tacostequilafiesta.com. Um, maybe you get lucky and maybe some, some will open up, maybe not, who knows. Um, then you also have the $40 designated driver ticket as well. Uh, so check it out. I'll be there. Everybody who's cool in Greenville, they're going to be there. Um, it's going to be at Trailblazer Park. Uh, so, um, if you're in the Greenville area, plan accordingly. It's not in downtown anymore. Um, and it is this Sunday, June 5th from 2 to 5. And if you're one of the lucky people that has one of those sold-out VIP tickets, you get to go in at 1.30 and you get, uh, I think, a private bar. So uh, check it out. Buy some tickets. And once again, thanks to Mariah for coming on. Um, so as I mentioned previously before uh, we talked with Mariah, um, I mentioned the Ace and TJ show in their group therapy that they do each week. Um, I do not have the opportunity to list that, listen to the Ace and TJ show like I once did. Uh, but I follow them on Facebook and I always post their, uh, group therapy question of the day, um, each week. So, uh, I'm appreciative of that because that's one of my favorite things to read each week. I think it's like every Tuesday or Wednesday. 
uh, something like that. So um, before we wrap up in 86 something, I wanted to get into uh, this group therapy. So here it is. I took my family through the drive through at Culver's. We ordered $60 worth of food, so they asked if we would pull to the side as they prepared our large order. A few minutes later, a girl brings our food to our car. I take the food and drive away. A block away, my 15-year-old daughter tells me that she is mortified that I didn't tip that girl from bringing our food out to the car. She goes to school with her and thinks that this girl will tell everyone that her family is cheap. I don't know where you're, excuse me, I didn't know you were supposed to tip a fast food worker for running food out uh, to a parking lot. I already spent $60 and didn't have any cash on me. I also can't justify tipping a fast food worker for doing something like running out food. Are we, are we going to end up tipping everyone eventually for everything? Does this make me a jerk? Thoughts? Uh, so, as soon as I read this one, I really liked this one because as I've gotten into before on this podcast, um, tipping culture has gotten out of hand. Um, we're tipping far too many people uh, for things that do not need to be tipped. Um, no, you should not feel embarrassed about not tipping uh, this young girl. Um, sure, high school students. I work with them every day. Uh, they can be emotional. They can be all over the place. So I can understand that she may be a little embarrassed and that kind of stuff because she knew uh, this person. Um, if she's anything like me, if I was with my family out in public um, and I saw someone from school, I like clammed up and just like got quiet and shy, which typically I'm not a shy person. Uh, but something about seeing people from school when I'm with my family. I guess those were separate times in my mind, and when they collided, I didn't like it. Uh, so it may have been a little bit of that, but um, I'd love to know your thoughts. Should should this person have tipped this uh, Culver's employee? Uh, my answer is no. Um, and generally speaking, everyone in the comments, that's another cool thing about Ace and TJ's uh, group therapy sessions each time. When they post it on Facebook, similar to Rock Elites, the uh, comment section is um, sparked with a lot of uh, commentary. Um, and, and generally speaking, pretty much everyone agreed that, hey, no, you do not need to tip this person. You should not feel obligated. You should not feel embarrassed. Um, it's unfortunate that your daughter was embarrassed about it. But um, what did this employee do that justified a, a tip? She is getting paid an hourly wage. Um, tipping in the restaurant industry is for servers who, if you don't know, make $2 and 13 cents an hour. That is the reason you tip. I don't know what Culver's pays its uh, staff members. I would be willing to bet as far as fast food establishments, Culver's is probably on the upper end of, of pay when it comes to fast food restaurants. So I'd imagine this girl is probably getting paid pretty well. Um, she didn't necessarily do anything to go above and beyond. She literally just ran food to a car, um, which if you're familiar with fast food these days, um, it's about 50% of the time, if that, that you actually get your food passed to you through the window. Uh, it seems like more and more you're getting asked to pull forward 
uh, and they'll bring it out to you. So this is a common occurrence. Um, and this occurrence is not uh, my problem. It's not my fault. Um, this is the establishment's problem, the establishment's uh, fault, because, um, and I kind of knew this just from working with students who have worked in fast food restaurants, and a lot of people were quick to bring this up in the comment section, uh, but in fast food, they're, they're rated on their efficiency and speed and, and, and ticket times. Now, they may have different terminology for that, but um, there is a window of time that they're expected to prepare the food and get it to the customer so that it's expedient and efficient. Um, as you know, this does not happen uh, in a perfect world here um, in 2022. Um, the reason for asking you to pull forward is so you can get off that sensor there's a sensor underneath the concrete or the, the asphalt there at the, at the restaurant. And that is how they track how long uh, the times take. And if they pull you forward, that moves you off the sensor and ends your time. So if they see they're getting close to being in the red, they're going to say, hey, pull forward, please. We'll get that right out to you. They're trying to get you to move off that sensor so that their, their times are not um, affected by it. Um, so that's something done at a local level to appease the people uh, at the higher up level at these national fast food chain brands. Um, so that is not something that requires tipping. I'm sorry. Um, I'm glad to tip my servers. I'm not going to start tipping fast food workers. I'm not going to start tipping all these other people that in a lot of industries name their price, get paid a livable wage. And I say livable wage, someone's going to jump on me about that. Depending on your definition of livable wage and what you think that job is supposed to be paid. Um, they're not getting paid two thirteen an hour like a server is. Um, so, I mean, that, that's kind of my take on it. Let me know your thoughts as I always do. Uh, plug the Instagram, check out, uh, clearing the board on Instagram. Let me know if you agree, if you disagree. Um, yeah. So before I let you go, we got one more, uh, matter of business to take care of. And that is the 86 of the week. All right. So, uh, we cannot end an episode without doing our famous 86 of the week segment. Um, this one I am really excited about uh, because it mainly affects me, probably not you so much, um, but this is my podcast, so yeah. Um, but 86 of the week is um, a much needed 86 uh, for me personally, like I mentioned, uh, but today I am 86ing on June 2nd, school. School is out for summer. Um, as much as I love my job, it tests me. Um, the students test me. And I need a break. So, um, I'm 86 in school. At least until August when I return. Uh, but i um, very excited about that. That This is a, uh, a time of year that I look forward to. Not because I just get two months off. Um, no, not at all. I do not get two months off. Um, typically, um, 
If you know anything about me, I am a procrastinator. Um, so the um, countless hours of professional development that I'm supposed to be uh, getting every five years, I'm behind on. So I will be doing some courses, that kind of stuff. Um, if you remember last year, Darren Kirkley, Eli Edwards, and I, we all went to Johnson & Wales. Uh, I think the episode was called Back to School, where we went and did a professional development there. Um, I prefer those kind of professional developments because they're geared toward culinary arts and not just generic teacher. Uh, because one thing I have found since joining the education field to teach culinary arts, um, people who work in career and technical education are very different people than people who have a passion for education. Um, we'll just leave it at that. We're very different. So the professional developments that are geared towards culinary teachers, I'm all about. And I hope to be able to go back again this year. So um, pending funding. Uh, but school is out for the summer. Um, and I will not be sitting on my butt as much as I would like to uh, between professional development and catering and picking up shifts at the restaurant. Um, I'm going to be busy. Um, I will have one week off next week. Um, I say off. Uh, I will be working at two restaurants uh, next week. Uh, but it's significantly less hours than what I work in a normal week. So for some reason, mentally, whenever I work a normal shift at last eight hours or only work one job, I think that is a day off. Um, that's what the restaurant industry does to you. Uh, but I will have next week off, uh, other than my five shifts at the restaurant, uh, before I head to Franklin, North Carolina with, um, a lovely family who I was introduced to, uh, last year. Uh, they hired me to come cook for them on their family trip. They own a, a fishing lodge up there. They do a trip this weekend every year. Um, and they've gotten to the point where they're like, we spend too much time in the kitchen. We're here to see family. Um, let's hire somebody to come cook for us. And I was that guy. So, um, they, I'm grateful enough that they, uh, invited me to come back again this year, um, to cook for their family while they're there. Um, so I will be doing that. Um, at this moment, I have not looked at the calendar and where that lines up with uh podcast dropping. Um, but I think we probably have a podcast dropping that week, which means next week I got to get a podcast recorded and scheduled. So I don't leave you hanging. Um, but other than that, um, kind of skipping our traditional family vacation this year. So it'll be a lot of work. Um, but I should have most mornings and lunches, lunch times off this summer. So I'll be able to sleep in and maybe go grab some, uh, sun by the pool before I have to go in and work each day. Um, uh, but school is out. I'm 86 in school. Um, I'm very excited. Um, just to give you a little, uh, story about how, um, excited, well, I know I'm excited, but how much of a break these teachers need right now. And I get it. Uh, I've gone through it. And some of you elementary school teachers and middle school teachers where you're stuck with your kids all day long, it's a little different. I have high school students. I don't have to wipe butts and pick noses. Um, and I only have them for two and a half hours at a time. Um, so I know I, I, I don't ever consider myself that level of educator because I don't even know the half of it that those elementary and middle school teachers, um, have to do. Uh, but 
just to give you an idea of where some of these teachers are. Now, I'm not condoning this. Um, and in fact, I actually had a problem with it. Um, whether it gets resolved, I'm not really sure. But we get students that um, come to us from other schools. They ride a bus to come here. And one of my students was getting on the bus to come to the school that I work at. And a person, I don't know if they're a teacher, an administrator at blank school, um, was apparently unaware of what was happening today and that sort of stuff. And that the student did, in fact, need to come to my school today, um, but repeatedly told her to sit her ass down. That's right. Um, we have a teacher at 830 in the morning telling one of the most shyest students I've ever had in my class uh, to sit her ass down because she's not going to the school today. Um, so not condoning that. Uh, however, uh, I think that's proof that um, this teacher needs a break. Um, so um, 86 in school, summer is here. It's getting hot. Um, yeah, I'm excited. So uh, be on the lookout. Um this this summer with lots of uh, podcast episodes, we're still going to release every Thursday or every other Thursday, like our typical schedule. Um, however, with having more time on my hands, uh, my plan is to stock up on a bunch of interviews and podcast episodes. Um, yeah, so my avail a big part of me getting guests on here is balancing my availability with someone who works in the industry's availability. Uh, if you know anything about the industry, a lot of people's days off are Mondays and Tuesdays. I happen to work at the restaurant on Mondays and Tuesdays evenings after school. So um, my availability restricts a lot of times the people uh, that I can get on. Uh, but um, as I've been sitting here talking, I completely forgot that I actually do have uh, a podcast already lined up. It's not recorded yet, and I believe I'm recording it um, this upcoming Monday. Let me talk this through as I pull up my phone. Um, yes, yeah, so uh, this upcoming week, I'm interviewing a, um, a guy I went to culinary school with, Michael Art. He uh, is a chef in Dallas, Texas. Um, he and his uh, business partner just opened up. Um, a new spot in Dallas. They were featured in Eater. Uh, I just happened to stumble upon it. I was like, hey, I know that guy um, and reached out to him. So um, I know at least Mike will be on um, and his business partner may also be on. So um, having this extra time after we 86 school um, allows me to uh, get bigger and better guests, uh, more intriguing guests, because I know the episodes, you don't even have to admit it. I know you lie through your teeth whenever you listen to an episode of Just Me. Um, they're just not as interesting. All right. Um, so this summer is going to be the summer of getting guests. So be on the lookout for that every other Thursday, unless I have some kind of catastrophe, they all will drop at midnight. Uh, first thing Thursday morning. Um, and as I'm saying this now, I'm looking at the time and I hope I can get this thing edited by, uh, in time to get it up for midnight. So we shall see. Uh, but thanks as always for listening and, uh, hope you have a good week. Peace.